0: And Thank you, music team, for that reminder. We will now look at the names of our Messiah, Jesus, the Lord of all. If you'll please turn your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 9. I believe they can be found in the Bibles there. There's some Bibles in the chairs in front of you, and if you turn to about the middle of your Bibles, maybe hang a slight right, you should land in Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 9, for this Christmas season, we'll be looking at the names of the Messiah, specifically those names that are found in verse 6 of Isaiah chapter 9. For the context this morning, I'm going to read verses 1 through 7 of Isaiah chapter 9. This is God's holy, inerrant, and authoritative word to us this morning. But there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun, the land of Naphtali. But in the later time, the latter time, he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. You have multiplied the nations, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the trampling warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and of his peace, there shall be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of the hosts will do this. Let's pray. Father, we ask that you would send your spirit to help us, to teach us, to show us the beauty, majesty of Jesus, the Son given, the Messiah born. In his name that we pray, amen. I've noticed over the last uh, few years, and maybe it's been going on for quite some time and I just haven't noticed it before, but a big thing to do nowadays when a couple is expecting a child is to have a reveal party. You know, you can, I think you can find out what the gender of a child is at like day two or something like that. But uh, there's, a, there's a big party held, uh, you know, there's going to be confetti blown out of something. This, if it's blue, it's a boy. If it's pink, it's a, it's a girl. Uh, and, and, and out pops the surprise, right? Well, that's not exactly what's going on here in Isaiah chapter 9. But there is a big reveal going on here, a, a, a giant birth announcement. As we read here in the beginning of Isaiah chapter 9, up against the the very dark and gloomy backdrop of a sinful world and a nation that is in tumult and turmoil, the prophet Isaiah comes forth as a prophet of God, and he's going to tell people of the glories of the Lord, but he's also going to confront the sin of a nation. And it's against this bad news, this gloomy, dark backdrop, that good news comes to God's people, and it comes by way of a big reveal, a birth announcement, a birth announcement before the child would actually be born. In the 21st century, again, parents can find out the gender of their child at a very early age, and even reveal what the name of that child is going to be before the child is born. And that's what is going on here. God reveals the name of his son, the son to be born. But he's actually going to have many names. He's going to have several titles that will describe who he is and what he is like and what kind of king he will be. He will carry the Government on his shoulders. He will usher in light into the darkness. He will be a savior king, the Messiah, unlike the world has ever known. He will be that shoot coming up from the dead stump of Jesse. And during the time of Isaiah, there was darkness over the land, darkness over Israel and Judah. And the darkness had great power over them. The people of God and the nations surrounding them, they were walking in darkness. Things like materialism and idolatry, and syncretism and debauchery and cult prostitution and child sacrifice, every evil thing that you could imagine was going on in the world around them and even in the nation of God itself. Very ungodly, sinful behavior. It's a dark time in Israel in the time of Isaiah. It was getting darker and darker. The world was lying in darkness. He describes in verse 2 that the people are walking in darkness. It's hard not to hear that description and not think about the world that we live in today. We live in a dark world, just like the time of Isaiah with sexual immorality and terror attacks and politics gone wild. It's a dark world that we live in. It's a dark world in the time of Isaiah, and so you can hear the cry of the people, how long? How long, O Lord? How long will this darkness cast its shadow over the people of God, over the nations And that is somewhat of a cry that we too must have this Advent season as we anticipate, as we think about the birth of Christ. How long, O Lord, before Jesus comes back, before he returns and makes all things new? How long before the light breaks into the darkness? When all seems lost in Israel, And the darkness seems like it's going to win. We read that a light begins to dawn. Look there in verse 2. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. A light has shone. A great light. But what is this light? What hope is there going to be rising out of the darkness? And so we read this great prophecy here in Isaiah that a king will come, a child will be born, he will be the light breaking into the darkness, this king will be a child. A son will be born, the light will come. And so we look at four names of this Messiah, and we'll look at these four different names in the Sundays leading up to Christmas. We will anticipate about studying each name, each title given to the Lord Jesus here in Isaiah 9, verse 6. And the first is Wonderful Counselor. Wonderful Counselor. What do you think about when you think about a counselor? What does a counselor do? A counselor is someone you go to for help, right? Someone you go to for advice and to give you wisdom, someone that you We'll count on to help guide you and lead you, maybe in making a decision. We have all types of counselors in our day and age. There's high school guidance counselors. There are financial counselors. There are psychological counselors to help us when we're struggling with different things in our lives. There's pastoral and, and shepherding counselors, elders who are here that want to help guide you in spiritual matters and spiritual trials. There are lots of different types of counselors in our lives. Interesting that Jesus is given this title, that he is called a counselor. As a Messiah, he's not only a savior and the redeemer, but he is the counselor, the wonderful counselor. He's not just some spiritual guide. He's not just some guy we go to for great moral teaching. He is the counselor the Wonderful Counselor, the Counselor of Counselors. When Jesus comes to impart wisdom and knowledge to his people, you can guarantee that it will be filled with wonder. He's a Wonderful Counselor. And so let's let's dive into this title. This This was a great exercise for me this Christmas. Just think about one title of Jesus being the Wonderful Counselor. Because that title means something, and there's three things I want to propose to you this morning that it means, that Jesus is the wonderful counselor because of sin, he's the wonderful counselor because of the wisdom we need, and he's the wonderful counselor because of his presence in our life. Let's look at those three things. Jesus is the wonderful counselor because of sin. The Messiah, the Savior, enters the scene here in Isaiah as light breaking forth into the dark and he will be light as a wonderful counselor. So light means something. It means many things in the Bible, but it means at least in Isaiah that the promised one, the one that Isaiah is prophesying about, he is the light that penetrates the darkness and provides a way for salvation from sin and from the darkness. And I think the big question that we need to consider this morning is, do you believe in the darkness? Do you believe that there is actual darkness, evil in this world? It's not hard to look at the world that we live in to just glance at the news and see that there is evil, that there is suffering, that there is darkness, that there is persecution, that there is bad things happening all the time, that there is real evil in this world. But Christmas should cause us to look even further and even deeper into this darkness and realize that the Scriptures confront us with this more daunting question. Do you believe that there's darkness in your heart? Do you believe that there's darkness in you? Do you believe that you are a a sinner in need of the saving grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you need the light in you to penetrate the darkness? Because Christmas is not going to mean very much to you until you realize that your heart is darkened by sin. And only the light of a Savior who has been born can break forth into that darkness. The wonderful Counselor, the Lord Jesus Christ, He is the one who breaks forth into the darkness as a wonderful light and shows us the way. He shows us that He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. He is the... Escape from the sin and the darkness. Jesus declares to a sinful, darkened people, a sinful, darkened world, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life, he declares in John chapter 8. The wonderful counselor, he comes in and he shows us our sin and shows us that he is the light. He is the salvation from our sin. Secondly, Jesus is the wonderful counselor because we need wisdom. We need wisdom. A wise and wonderful counselor is one that we would expect to give us wisdom, to show us truth, to impart truth to us, to give us the the guidance and the help that we need. And that is us. That is you. That is me. We need wisdom. We need wisdom because, quite frankly, we are fools. Paul Tripp says in his little Christmas devotional that sin has reduced us to fools. Is that not true? Sin has made us foolish. Even more, has made us ignorant and, and stupid without knowledge. That's what sin has done to us. And so we, we need help. We need a wonderful counselor. We have a great need for wisdom because we lack it. Sin has made us unwise and unknowing. Yes, we know stuff. We have knowledge about things, but we lack knowledge in the most important area of all, and that is spiritual knowledge. The late James Montgomery Boyce said it this way. He said, it is possible, of course, to receive a good education, and to learn a great deal about a great many things and so become, in the opinion of the world, quite learned in men and women, and yet to lack knowledge of what really matters in this life. What really matters and what we really need is the scales to fall from our eyes, for the darkness to be wiped away, to help us see ourselves for who we truly are. And that is that we are sinful in the sight of God without the Lord Jesus Christ. We are sinful. We lack wisdom apart from the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But we also need his guidance. We need the guidance of the Lord. This is what a good counselor does. We, we may go to a counselor. We may go to someone advice because for advice because we... We hope that they will help us. We hope that they will give us guidance. We hope that they will, they will show us the way. And, and that's what Jesus does. He is, our, he is our guide. He is our wise guide. Even though oftentimes we don't hear the audible voice of the Lord speaking to us. If you do, come let me know. Let's talk about that. But we do count on the sovereign Lord to, to guide us, to give us counsel, to give us wisdom. And this is the way that God often works in our decision-making. You know, t- when I was younger, I used to think that God's, God's guidance worked like this: this. Lord, I have option A in front of me, and then I have option B. Lord, help me to choose option A or B i tell you what, Lord, I'll write it on a whiteboard, and then if you'll just, I'll turn my back, and if you'll just circle that one that I'm supposed to do. (laughs) That never worked, by the way. Um, The way that we more biblically pray and ask the Lord for, for guidance is, Lord, give me wisdom. If we're created in God's image, then he has imparted wisdom to us, has he not? We can count on him to give us wisdom, to give us direction. Lord, give me wisdom to do what honors and glorifies you. This is the way God's sovereign providence often works in our life. This is why Jesus is such a wonderful counselor that gives us wisdom. A friend told me recently that it gives them great comfort to know that Jesus is the wise counselor in their life, that even when we are unwise and make bad decisions, he is with us. He is with us. What a great comfort it is to know that Jesus is our counselor, that he is with us, that he gives us wisdom and knowledge and help. But last, Jesus is the wonderful counselor because of his His presence. Think about that, His presence. Jesus is Emmanuel, which reminds us that God is with us. He is for us, which means a bunch of things, a bunch of good things. If Jesus is the wonderful counselor who is with you, it means that He He will listen to you. He's not too busy. Even as Frank prayed, we come with some of the same prayer requests over and over and over, Lord, help us, Lord, be with us, Lord, answer this prayer, he he listens. Hebrews promises us that Jesus always lives to intercede for us, that he's always there at the right hand of God the Father listening to the prayers of the saints, And interceding before God the Father and saying, listen to this child who loves you, Father. Jesus is a friend like no other. Think about it. Think about how many friends have come and gone in your life over the years. Think about how many people have let you down. Jesus will never let you down. He's a wonderful counselor. What good news it is that when you are worried, when you have to make a big decision, when you're sad, that he is a wonderful counselor, that he is a Savior who is near, that you can sing, Jesus loves me, this I know for the Bible tells me so. He is the Savior that that says very passionately and very tenderly, very lovingly that we read in the meditation this morning, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, Jesus says, and and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What a sweet Savior that says that to us. What a Savior, what a wonderful counselor that Jesus is. No one, no one teaches like Him. Have you ever thought about that as you've read through the New Testament or read through the Gospels as He, as he starts teaching and instructing? I mean, He's brilliant. He's a very wise counselor. That's why we make so much about His Word. That's why we study it so in depth. Because it is wise counsel. No one loves like Jesus. No one has that compassion and that tenderness and that never stopping, never giving up, unfailing, always and forever love like Jesus. No one... No one can relate like him. He was tempted in every way. Every temptation, every suffering that you have ever experienced or will experience, Jesus did that. He was born in a feeding trough. He was nailed to a cross. He was born in poverty. His parents had to take him to Egypt to keep him from being killed. All of that he went through for us, to relate to us. That's why the writer of Hebrews said that he, that is Jesus, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect, in every way. Why did he have to be like us? Is so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For for because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Because he suffered, because he was tempted, he is able to help you. What a wonderful counsel! This morning, if you are apathetic about Jesus, if you... Don't think the meaning of Christmas means a whole lot. If you're fine with just believing in a God, but following Jesus is not that important to you, if that's a foreign concept to you, then this morning consider what it means that Jesus is the Messiah. Consider what it means that he is the Wonderful Counselor. Because someone who is named, who is given the title Wonderful Counselor, is not just some amorphous being. It's not just some idealized person or thing that is unrelatable. Someone who is the Wonderful Counselor is someone who promises to do something. Promises to be someone for you. To be with you. To be for you. So this morning, if you aren't thinking very much about Jesus, let me ask you this. What are you going to do with him? What are you going to do with him? What do you think about him? You can't just dismiss him as a baby lying in a manger or like a criminal hung up on a cross because he is a Savior who died and who rose again and who is with his people. He is very present, a wonderful counselor. And he is even further, gone to another another extent by promising that his presence with his people will be so wonderful, will be so complete that he says that when I leave, when when he left this earth, the Father is going to send another help the Counselor, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. And Jesus says, and I will ask the Father and He will give you another Helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him, for He dwells with you and will be with you. But the Helper, He says, the Holy Spirit, Calls him the helper, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and will bring to you remembrance of all that I have said to you. What a wonderful counselor! that the Holy Spirit is the guarantee that Jesus is with us. That his presence is very real and tangible in our lives. That God is with us. Spirit dwells in you. And this is the wonder of Christmas, that God is with us, the incarnation that Jesus was born, that a child came to be God himself who would save us. And so have you considered this? Have you considered what Christmas means? Have you, have you pondered the implications of the incarnation? of God becoming flesh, where Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one, no one comes to the Father except through me. This is the truth that confronts us at Christmas. The world would have you believe that this is nothing but a commercial holiday with lots of beautiful decorations and giving gifts and getting the economy back in the black or whatever. But it's more than that, isn't it? Because if that's all that it is about, you, you've missed the point of Christmas. It is about Jesus. The meaning of Christmas is the fact that God became man. And that sounds like foolishness to the world. But The Bible declares it is the wisdom of God the wonderful counselor, God became flesh, the God-man, the wonderful counselor who comes to break the power of remaining sin in our lives, who is with us to guide us into truth and who invites us to be yoked to him and to be with us every step of the way. This morning, if you are, if you're struggling, if you've got something really dragging you down, if you have a burden that you feel like you cannot carry, then I think this is when you need to think of Jesus as a wonderful counselor, as as a Savior who is with you, who wants to come alongside you and show you not only have I died for you, but I am with you. The Christian artist Zach Williams in his song Chain Breaker describes, I think, what Jesus is as a wonderful counselor. Listen to these lyrics. If you've got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom or saving, he's a prison Breaking Savior. If you've got chains, he's a chain breaker. That is what Jesus is. As a wonderful counselor. He is with you. Merry Christmas, everybody. Looking forward to celebrating this season. May the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the wonderful counselor, be with you all. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for a Savior who is perfect in every way, who gives wisdom perfectly in every way, who is a a wise counselor that not only gives us advice, not only helps us, but who is with us and who has loved us in a way like no other counselor can. That he has saved us. That he has broken the power of sin and death and darkness over our lives. That he has come to make known the way by shining his light into the darkness, even the darkness, in our own hearts. Thank you that he is with us. His presence is very tangible in our lives. And so, wonderful counselor, be with us. Help us, we pray. Amen.